0: mm mm-hmm. If I say something good give god the credit if i say something bad blame it on joshua he proved my notes um, tonight well first just while we we're there in worship worship was so good um i heard one thing in my spirit and before i came up here like i wanted to make sure like you know god i don't want any credit for for what i'm saying because there is it says that people who teach like they're going to be judged more harshly right that's that's in the word um and so I just wanted to make sure that I understood the magnitude of being up here. And I'm having that conversation with God, and it's not just even the magnitude of me being here, but the magnitude of you guys being here. Um, so put that scripture, I think it's in Matthew, let me pull it up. It's, uh, yeah, Matthew 18, it says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So you guys came here tonight, we're all here together. That means by default, The Holy Spirit's here. So just kind of put it in perspective how important gathering in here is. So thanks for being here. So tonight I've got three different groups of people that I'm going to talk about. Um, We've got the Israelites, and what they're going to represent are people who have never heard um, from God. And then we've got Peter, and he represents people who haven't heard from God in a good little while. And then we've got people who maybe aren't hearing from God as consistently as they would like to. And so at that point, we're going to talk about prophets, disciples, like modern-day Christians, right? So what I'm talking about is hearing from God, an encounter with God, right? Um, I guess I'd lead with a question. Have you guys, like, ever personally encountered God? There are a lot, don't, don't raise your hands. It's okay. But there are a lot of Christians now that haven't actually... like they can't say that they've actually met God like people who might have gotten saved in Sunday school and just always heard this was the truth and so they believed it people who were at like some Christian convention and they felt really good there for a little bit and so well God must be real because I got the chill bumps when this preacher said something and so I'm a Christian Um, it's not to diminish any of these experiences but it's to point you to something that's even more powerful see It's one thing that's been remarkable, and I'll probably get emotional a few times tonight um, just because of what God's been telling me as I've been preparing. I've seen a lot of crazy things, like not war stories or anything like that, but like miracles and like I've seen Jesus walk into a room before. It's not something I typically do, but I have seen it, and I've seen it once, and I know that like I could walk away tomorrow and go pursue a life of sin. I could walk away from Jesus tomorrow. And if you think you can't, then you're wrong. Any of us could. If I was to pursue sin, I'd probably be really good at it, right? But um, my family could probably attest to that. But one thing I could never do is say, hey, Jesus isn't real, right? Because I've seen him. I've had that experience. And so I didn't really want to preach this word, but as I was, like, as everything was coming together, God just kept putting the stuff in front of me, like putting scriptures about Peter in front of me. I'm like, I don't want to talk about Peter. I always talk about Peter. Like, I like Peter, but I'm tired of him. Like, just, you know? But, like, I'm listening, preparing my notes, and I'm listening to this worship thing. And as I'm listening, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should bring up Peter. And then the person who is singing worship, like, they start singing that verse, Simon, Simon. I'm like, oh, come on. So, got to talk about this. But, like I said, I'm talking about encountering God and really hearing his voice. See, we see people all the time, like, I'm a big music person. I love music and I like rock music and metal, like, you know, the really loud stuff. But I see a lot of times in like these Christian bands, like you'll see these artists that were Christian to start with and then they walk away. And they just it that hurts. Like I would rather listen to a secular artist than listen to a Christian artist, to, like turn their back on the faith because that just hurts my spirit. Like we always knew those guys were heathens in A C D C but like You know when it's a christian band that you really loved and these people have walked away from god it just hurts right so i've always wondered like what causes that and i came to the realization it's because they didn't really know me to begin with so you know people who talk about having encountered god they always talk about like the voice of god and just to put this in perspective because i don't want you to go home thinking like the heavens are going to open up and someone's going to y'all ever watch monty python Stupid movie, but like the heavens aren't going to open up and God's not going to talk to you like you talk to uh, like the guys in Monty Python. That might not happen, right? Because you, you've got the word of God and that's a good starting place if you want to hear from God. So I don't want to put any false expectations in your head, but you know people always talk about hearing from God. So that's what I wanted to, to talk about. And um, just I wanted to start with some verses real quick. If you go to victorychurchnotes.com, you could find all the notes. Got a bunch of scripture in there um, that I'm not going to read because I don't want to run out of time. But you could read it and like go get in that, meditate on that yourselves. I found I have like I started out with a bunch of scriptures in there. Um, then Joshua gave me a better one that I'm going to share because it just sums everything else up, right? And so that's in Psalm 29. If you're at the stirring Matthew, you read that to us, like that was powerful, right? So I'm going to read that one really quickly just to get an idea of what uh, what the voice of God sounds like. So it says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The the Lord breaks and pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. Then the voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. It shakes the deserts of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry glory. That's a powerful voice, right? You know, in the beginning, in in Genesis, it talks about God just spoke. He said, like, four words, let there be light. I'm not good at math, but four words. He said, let there be light, and then the sun, like, came into existence. That's awesome. I can say, hey, Alexa, you know, do this, and she'll do it, but I can't make her make a sun. Like, he spoke it all into existence. That's how powerful the voice of God is. And we have the ability to hear that voice. That just messes with me. You know, that's, that's amazing. I want to hear his voice all the time. And what's so cool is that we have that ability, and he, like, he could use that voice to destroy us, but he doesn't. He uses that voice to give us life. And it talks about, like in the Bible, it talks about like all these different people who the voice of the Lord just spoke to them, and their lives were put on a totally different trajectory. He saw these people. And he saw something inside of them that they didn't even know was there. Like, if you look at Gideon, a brave, mighty warrior. Gideon's like, me? That's not me. I'm hiding right now. Um, but God saw these things in him. He changed Saul to Paul. He changed Abram to Abraham. Like, he gave these people new identities, right? That's what the voice of the Lord does. So, like I said, the first group of people I want to talk about are the Israelites. And um, this is going to be the bulk of the message is looking in Exodus so I'm just going to tell the story because I put a whole chapter in there. Pastor Mitch was like, when you go to my notes, he's like, you might not read, want to read the whole chapter because we'll be there all night. So um, I won't do that. But in Exodus, so we're kind of between Exodus 20 and Exodus 33. Um, don't even worry about putting it up on the screen because I'm not going to follow along just right with it. But I want to set the scene. So the Israelites have been delivered out of Egypt, right? You know, they're in the desert and you know, like God's presence of god has been there with them but it's like god wants to be closer to them right so he gives them the law the law was a way that they could like get rid of all the unholiness that was in them all of the sin and get one step closer to god that was the purpose of the law was for closeness with god not just so they could have a good rule book right so god it, moses has been up on the mountain talking to god and god's given them all this stuff and like they stopped there towards the end and god's like hey you might want to go back down to your people they're making an idol right so john routon talked about that um, sunday they had used aaron's fault we'll point fingers at aaron because he gave them the instructions for how to do this but while god's up there working with moses to create a plan for how to get the israelites closer to god they were so terrified of being closer to god that they said hey let's just make a new god that is a little easier to get close to so they melted all their earrings and they made this little cow sculpture and that was what they wanted to worship i'm like what's wrong with you guys like, y'all ever just read that and you're like, what is going through your head? Um, and then we realize, like, we might have done the same thing just in a different way. I have those realizations all the time. Um, but, like, Moses comes down from the mountain and they've made that calf and he's like, breaks the Ten Commandments. He had to go make a new Ten Commandments um, because he broke the first set because he was just so frustrated. But the whole point is, like, these people were so terrified of the presence of God, right? And so, if you get to Exodus 33, this is what like really had me wrecked when I was like writing these notes down. Moses and God are talking about what they're going to do. How are we going to get past this, right? That I've been trying to get close to you guys, and then you guys made a golden cow to worship instead. I'm trying to figure out how to get past it. And Moses is like, that's where he said, uh, hey, if you're going to get rid of them, like go ahead and blot my name out too, because these are the people you've called me to lead. These are your people. Like, please don't destroy them. And it said that, like, Moses changed God's mind. Like, the way that he interceded for his people, it changed God's mind, right? Um, So this is the line that got me. He said, um, let me find it. Where is it? He said, this, this is Moses talking to God. He said, I pray to you, God, if you have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways so that I may know you and this is amplified becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with you and recognizing and understanding your ways more clearly and that i may find grace and favor in your sight and consider also that this nation is your people but i love that teach me your ways like god can teach us he could talk to us and teach us his ways right that's the power of the voice of god that when that's in your life like it could change who you are and may take you from a person who you know may have been bound up and, like, drink in like drinking or pornography he could like take that and transform you into a person that is totally and completely pleasing to him right and then it's, it talks about Moses being in that tent and this is crazy it said he talked to Moses like God talked to Moses the way that you talk to a friend like not even the way that I'm talking to you guys right now like the way that like when I get in on Monday morning and Cameron gets in on Monday morning Cameron's like one of my closest friends and he comes in and we're just catching up about like the weekend and what we did like, that's how friends talk. Like, that's how Moses and God talked, right? It wasn't that Moses reading about God and talking about God. It was talking to God on that level. I don't know about you guys, but that's what I want, right? So then, like, you guys could read it, but it's like, Moses is like, show me your glory. And God's like, you can't even look at my glory, dude. It'll burn you up. So he's like, just look at my back. Like, but it was that level of closeness. Like, God really honored the heart that Moses had to be close to him. And if you guys get anything out of what I'm saying tonight, it's that if you have that heart posture towards God, he will honor that, and you'll be able to achieve that deeper level of closeness with him. Other things to look at in there, Joshua was in there, it mentions Joshua stayed behind when Moses would walk out of the tent meeting with God, like Joshua would stay in his presence. Like, that's just another little important tidbit. I'm not going to stay on that, but like, those are the, personalities that I want to like replicate into myself like holy spirits here I want to stay there with them right um, so that's the Israelites right God has a desire to be close to them and for them to hear his voice right so I'm just gonna to try to go through this fairly quickly um, going on to, to moving on to Peter and this is where I'm talking about like a word from God can give you identity right? So a word from God, like rewinding, it brings you close to God, like it did the Israelites, but it also gives you a new identity. Like I talked about, I mentioned earlier, like he gave Abram the name Abraham, right? He gave him a new identity. And it just, like I can tell you from my own personal experience, that is absolutely true. You know, um, when Pastor Mitch hired me, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, are you sure about that? Like, I'm not really fit for a church, you know. I was a good like I said I was really good at sin um and still could be. Um, not that I'm proud of it, but like that just I wasn't a good fit. But we went to this trip and we're in this conference and it's all a bunch of pastors um and we're this was in Myrtle Beach and this was like the first time I ever clearly heard the voice of God. Like just like you all are hearing me now, I heard him there. Um and it was like crazy because i'd never heard him before and i thought i had but it's like no this was like the real thing right um this guy's preaching i don't even remember what he was preaching on but i remember at the end and this was what was so powerful he did this communion and we've done the, done it like this here um there was some bread and there was some grape juice on the table and he said you know take that go find a corner get alone um, talk to god when you have communion with with god it just picture yourself at the last supper like you're at the table actually eating and talking with jesus right that's what he told us and he said just ask two questions he said god and write if y'all are writing anything down write these down Uh, because when you guys go spend time with god i really challenge you to ask him these two questions the first one was god do you love me and the second one was god why do you love me and i get emotional when i think about it because the 20-something-year-old kid that was sitting in that chair, like, had heard he was loved by God and believed it. But it was like he never really, like, felt it. And he didn't really know who he was. Like, he struggled with identity. Like, I wasn't trying to go get, like, I wasn't, like, LGBT struggling with identity. But I was, like, just just clarifying. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a struggle with, like that. But it was, like, who am I supposed to be? Like, what am I supposed to do? I know you're god i know i am who i am but what is like my purpose here right now i mean i was depressed i was miserable i wasn't uh, life just wasn't great i didn't have a purpose and a person that doesn't have a purpose in life is a really sad person and that's who i was um so i'm sitting there and like we started and i'm thinking okay this is cool like these are questions i should probably ask god so i asked him and just as clear i'm not going to tell you what he said but like he he talked to me and he gave me that identity and that like that moment that hearing the voice of god in that moment it started my life on a totally different trajectory and i've had a series of encounters with him since then and the isaiah that you see up here now is not the isaiah that you saw back then right and i'm sure some of you guys might have similar stories where you hear the word you hear a word from god whether it's spoken through a prophet whether it's something some revelation you had in the bible or whether like god spoke to you himself that moment could change your life right and so that's what we're talking about with with peter i found this um, reading the scripture as i was preparing for this and it like blew my mind like immediately i texted joshua and i texted one of the guys in my band and i think i called my mom and i'm just like y'all check this out because this is cool the story of peter right you remember how when jesus was recruiting disciples remember where he found peter it said simon and andrew they were out fishing on a boat and jesus comes up and they're not catching fish and that was their livelihood like it wasn't like they were not catching fish for fun um that's what i do but these guys were trying to catch fish so they could put food on the table feed their family like sell the fish you know sustain their family so jesus is like hey hold on a second cast the net right there and so they do it and like nets were full like nets were bursting at the seam right um and immediately like peter's like whoa that's crazy like i'm gonna follow this dude so ended up becoming a disciple um i'm sure you guys know the story Like follows jesus and then you get to the last supper right so peter's had all these experiences with god he's been at the mount of transfiguration he saw moses and elijah talk to jesus on that mountain he saw god talk to jesus on that mountain and jesus turned white he saw people get healed of things like that's not something they'd seen before like jesus was the first person that was going around and healing everybody this was unheard of so they saw all of these miracles right and then you get to the last supper and jesus is he's telling peter what's going to happen he said uh this is the verse that i heard in worship um that day and i'm like i guess i gotta put it because what i was thinking of doing it said uh, jesus said simon simon indeed satan has asked for you that he could sift you like wheat but i this is jesus have prayed for you that your faith should not fail and when you've returned to me strengthen your brothers if that doesn't talk about the love of god right? Because here, here Peter is about to betray Jesus, and Jesus is praying for Peter, not even that Peter wouldn't just betray him, but like that Peter would have strength to get through the trials that were ahead. Like Jesus wasn't thinking about himself; he's thinking about Peter, right? And Peter had been—he'd already been telling Peter, like Peter, you're my disciple. Like on the truth that you're given, I'm going to build my church. Like so he's been speaking Peter up, you know. And even then, that, that even if it does fail, even if you do fail, you'll return and strengthen the brethren, right? Even if it does fail, you'll still return so that way you could be my disciple, right? So y'all know what happens. A little girl's like, hey, I know who you are. And Peter's like, no, you don't. You don't know who I am. He was terrified and he ran and like betrayed Jesus three times. He denied Jesus, right? But then this is one of my favorite verses. You get to um, uh, the book of John. Where do I have it? I've got it in here somewhere. No, I don't. I didn't put this in my notes. Look at me going above and beyond. Remember that when Pastor gets back, tell him I did extra work. Um, In the book of John, when Jesus has been resurrected, right, he's going around going back to the disciples to be like, hey, look, I did what I said I was going to do. Like, why did y'all leave me? Jesus is going back around and meeting up with all the disciples. And this was powerful. This blew my mind. The way that he met back up with Peter was the same way that he met with Peter before. He went up to the side of the, the sea and told Peter, you know, Peter was having another bad day of fishing, and um, I'm sorry, Peter. Like, if you could hear me, I, I don't mean to pick on you for being a bad fisherman, but I've caught a lot of fish this year, and I'm feeling good. Um, so he says, Jesus says, hey, cast your net. And so Peter casted his net and then, like, caught all the fish. Again, the very, and I never realized that it was the same way. Like that just shows the the, re, the full restoration power of Jesus, right? He met up with Peter like the same way, the same posture that he met Peter before. Like, it just had me in tears. Like it messed with me. Um, but it was when that happened that Peter realized who he was, right? And then fast forward like a few hours later, they're all talking. Jesus had cooked him the fish, I think it was. And uh, that's when he went up to Peter and was like, hey, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, yeah, I love you. To feed my sheep and jesus said it three times or peter denied jesus three times but jesus reaffirmed had peter reaffirm his love for jesus three times fully restored peter right y'all know who went on to start the church like if, if you look in history like catholicism the first church was really led by peter Like, he was one of the strongest they always talk about saint peter this like peter became one of the main men the main disciples Peter, at that point, he had gone back to being a fisherman. He was like, I'm not a disciple. I'm a fisherman. I'm going back to what I know I can do. And Jesus said, no, buddy, you're a disciple. And when Peter was at like his lowest, Jesus was like, no, this is who you're supposed to be. This is your identity, and it's a better identity, right? Look what Peter went on to accomplish. See, there are people that might, and some of you all here, you might not know who you are you might not have that identity you might be wondering like what is my purpose what am i doing right go through the motions just live in life but you know that there's something missing right and a big part of what might be missing is that god-given identity and i guess one of my hopes for tonight is that if you hear from god that he gives you that that you'll be able to seek after god and he will speak to you the things that he has for you not the things he has for me not the things he had for peter but the things that he had for you rich like that when Jesus talks to you, he speaks that to you because it will completely and utterly change your life. And so, um, because that's what it did for me. And even like now, I feel like I'm supposed to say this. Um, When I was praying earlier, God showed me a couple of things that um, people might be dealing with that are keeping them from hearing from God. And so he's, he's reminding me of this now, that there's somebody in this room right now who it might be like a secret sin that's that you've been entangled in and that has been keeping you from God and then there's somebody else there's something that happened to you when you're a child and that's what your identity's been wrapped up is whatever this thing that happened was and that's not the identity that God has for you Um, that thing that happened to you when you were a child that's not who you're supposed to be God has a greater identity for for you I I don't know who this is for um, but I know that there's somebody in here and uh If you want, like at the end of service, we're going to get together and we're going to seek after God just for a little bit. And you can come talk to one of us. You can come talk to me, Joshua, my mom, uh, Mira. If you all don't know who my mom is, it's Mira. Um, She was up here a little bit ago. Pretty cool lady, Um, pretty decent at Lord of the Rings. Um, (laughs) You can come talk to one of us and we'll we'll pray with you. We'll we'll get you through that. But um, this is just such an important moment. That you're gonna have in front of you when you hear from God. It might not even be tonight. You might go home and meditate this, meditate on this word, for a few months. Like it could be at any point. But if you're willing to hear from God, if you're like the, if you're like Moses was, God will talk to you. He'll meet you because He'll honor that your desire isn't for God to meet you just for your benefit, but that your desire is to meet with God because you love who God is. Right? You love the power of God. And here I am getting way off of my notes, so let me try to zero back in on this thing here Um, i'm keeping my ipad on here i had to take the case off because when i was sitting over there in worship i noticed like i had this black stuff all over me and it's my case falling apart Um, so i'm trying not to drop it that's why i'm here Um, the third group that i said i wanted to talk about i put in my notes like prophets or um, really just modern day christians who do have a relationship with god right this could be like you know me um sometimes because i mean if I said that my walk with God was steady, I'd be lying, and God would probably strike me down here. Because um, nobody's walk with God I don't think is that steady. Maybe Pastor Mitch. Pastor Mitch is, like, the best. Like, if you guys don't realize what a gem that you have in Pastor Mitch, then y'all are missing out. Because this dude is, like, the real deal. And, I mean, I've sat in his office with him, um, and he's poured out. Like, there's a whole different, whole other side of Pastor Mitch. <laughs> y'all are missing out on, like, Father, pa- Father Pastor Mitch is, you know. What I look at him, my daddy, like, he's not my dad. I have a dad, but it's just like a different level of Pastor Mitch y'all are missing out on. He's He's got such a wealth of knowledge and experience. He could help you get where you want to get in your walk with Christ um, because of how deeply he studies the word and how he gets on his face. For, I can't pray. I have trouble praying for, like, 30 minutes. This dude can pray for, like, three hours, like, before he even gets dressed you' for the day like <laughs> i'd like to be there um, but it might be a little bit but anyways the third part is for people that are kind of like me on um, people who have heard from god but maybe you don't hear from god as consistently as you should be like you know if you wanted to hear from god every day you can go up to him and he would just talk to you every day but maybe you skip a day like or you skip a couple of days and you just you know it just snowballs and you realize oh this isn't good Um, These are This message is for those people, this third part. And I wanted to read Romans 12, um, verses 1 through 8. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And this is what I was really getting at. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of another. Having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, then let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Um, you can go and read the rest of it. Um, it's really good, but that is what I wanted to get to. Like God has given you these spiritual gifts, and Paul is saying, "Hey, if He's given you this gift, use them." And the one that I'm honing in on is prophecy. Some people have the gift of being a prophet. Like you could look at Festus Soha; that dude walks in this gift of the prophetic, right? Um, if you've not seen Festus before, pay attention to our events page. He'll be again. He'll be here again. I don't know when, but probably within the next few months i hope Um, it's always a joy to hear him but he operates in that gift right but all of us see if you look at what prophecy is all of us have some level of prophecy because prophecy is the ability to hear from god and to take that word and give it to somebody else right all of us have some level of prophecy we may not be operating in that as our chief gifting right you might be a teacher Uh, pastor mitch is a teacher but he's still if God gives them a word for somebody, he'll say it, right? That's what we should do, right? And this—I had this revelation earlier this year um, because I was sitting. I went to this church um, in Texas, and like it was such an amazing time. And all these people came up to me. I was surrounded by people, and I was uncomfortable because I only knew like three people in the room, and these none of these none of those three were in this group of people that was around me. And they started like prophesying. but it's not like one of those weird meetings where you can get into sometimes like you ever met one of those weird christians and it's like yeah messing with you because they've got these prophecies and like they don't make any sense like uh, i've been around those but this wasn't that these people were like telling me words that i'd been having problems hearing from god you know for a little while previous to this and like these people were like saying visions that i was having like they're calling them out like it was just crazy right but they were being obedient to what God was telling them to tell me. And if anything, if you're like Moses, see Moses, remember when I said, I'm going to bring it full circle. Remember when I said he interceded for the people to God and it changed God's mind about how he was going to deal with them, right? The closer you are to God. This is going to, I'm trying not to like fall apart. The closer you are to God, the more powerful your intercession becomes. Closer you are to God, the more that you start to love people because you view them not as you view them, but you view them as God views them. Right? You see, every person you see, God, this is your person. You made this person. They might have reported you to the town of Smithfield for having a shed on your property. Um, Yeah, that happened. Um, But God loves them, people. Um, Tony told me last week, you need to pray for those people. I'm like, Tony, be quiet. Why are you always right? Um, But The closer you are to God, the more you want to serve God because you understand who God is in relation to you. I would even challenge you with this. If you're not serving God, are you even close to God? That's a big statement. I'll let that kind of sit there for a second because you can't be close to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You can't be close to Jesus, the God that shakes the earth when he talks, that splits trees, whose voice is like lightning and thunder. Um, that shakes the desert. You can't be close to him and not realize that you're supposed to serve them, right? You can't hear the voice of God and not be inspired to serve God better. So when God gives you words for people, darn well better give them to them, right? You better serve God with that. Because if you're not using the words that God's giving you, why would he give you any more, right? So just a few questions, because I'm getting, getting close to the end. There's more, like there's another little section in there you can get through about God giving us direction. But I feel... Like, I need to stay in this spot for another second or two. Um, The word that God gives you for somebody, just like the word that God gave that pastor when I was sitting there for communion, he might give you a word that has the ability to change that person's life forever because it says that some people, they have scales on their eyes. They're blinded to the truth of the word, right? They can't hear from God because their hearts aren't postured to prophecy gives you the ability to cut and bypass all of that crap that's in front of them the scales on their eyes you can cut right through that and give them a word of god directly into their heart change their life forever right so if you want to hear from god you got to be willing to ask yourself those questions god am i not hearing you because i'm not serving you right am i not hearing you because i'm not pressing in because i don't love you like moses does right so i'm just going to kind of move to the end here because we're running a little low on time and i still want to have a moment to just worship god Um, i want to move on to my action points here Um, what is it that you need to do in your life to hear from god more frequently more consistently do you need to be in his word more because those are actually the words of god do you need to be around those words more to hear from him if you've been having some blockage from God and you're like, God, why can't I hear you? It could be because you're not reading the Bible. Um, do you ascend on the, do you ascend the mountain? Like Moses went up that mountain. Do you ascend the mountain yourself? Or do you rely on Pastor Mitch to do it for you? Because he'll do it and he'll do a really good job of it. But that's still not going to get you there. It's going to get you where the Israelites were when they turned over to idolatry because they weren't willing to do what it took to get up the mountain. They weren't willing to get uncomfortable for a minute, right? Right. They were afraid they were gonna die Um, are you willing to spend that time with God and ascend that mountain for yourself Uh, you can't just listen to preachers all day that's good if you do I listen to some preachers and I've got like David Wilkerson is one of my go-to's I love listening to him talk love Leonard Ravenhill love Maddie Montgomery love Francis Chan but they're not the ones that are gonna get me closer to God right that's me What are the things in your life that are keeping you from encountering God? So it's kind of along the same vein. It could be, you know, it could be sin in your life that's stopping you because God's not going to get close. Hear me out. Um, Don't take this too, I don't want to say literally because it is true, but don't take this like too much to heart. Like if God will try to get close to a sinner, but there's only so close that he can get to them, right? Because he said, if I descend, my, if I put my presence on you guys while you're going through the desert, y'all will just burn up. We can't handle the full glory of God. So what are the things in your life that are keeping you from reaching that higher state of closeness to God? Just identify those and ask him. The Bible says, David said, search my heart, God, show me the things in me, right, that are keeping me from you. Um, And the third action point, this is what I want to close with. Are you obedient and faithful to the words that God has already spoken to you? could be something like you might have had a moment with god and god said hey this is what you're supposed to do and you haven't done it like you haven't you know looked at him but you haven't spent the time with him that he told you to spend god could have that new identity for you right when when jesus said hey peter cast your net peter cast his net like where are you not casting your nets out